Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. Hey y'all, welcome to the midsummer episode. I've been gathering ideas for things I want to talk to you about and I'm adding them to my list for September. Today, I really want to focus on helping our kids do hard things and school refusal because both are very present in my mind at the moment. First, I have a few announcements. Since the last episode was released, there have been some shifts in social media landscape. I went ahead and joined threads. I like that you can just connect to it through Instagram, so there's been kind of this seamless transition of community, and I like that the main focus of the platform is words and writing. Writing is absolutely my favorite form of expression, so I'm finding myself gravitating strongly towards this platform in a way that I never really did with Twitter, except maybe early on, you know? So if you want to follow along on threads or on Instagram, you can find me at Partnered Path Parenting. I'll put a link in the show notes. And then the other announcement is that I'm starting a Substack. I'm still keeping my regular email list, The Lifeline. And I'll link that up too. But my creative writerly self has really been missing the old days of blogging. And Substack kind of reminds me of that. About starting one a while ago, but I didn't realize just how nice the platform is, right? I kind of thought it was like a a subscription um, email list service so that basically you just offer your email list, but have a price tag on it. There is a free version and there's this built-in community. It's kind of a social media platform. You can comment, you can connect to other people's work, you can read everything on the app. It's like old blog readers used to be with a little bit more of a chatty feel. Um, So I'm liking it over there. I'm just getting started. I'm planning to show up once a week and share writing that's maybe a bit more personal, a bit more fluid. I'm sure it will frequently tie into parenting and neurodiversity because that's just what's on my mind these days. But, you know, it could be anything. It's really just a space for me to write what I feel called to write about each week. And if you're up for that, come follow along. All the links will be in the show notes. Okay, so moving on. This week, my daughter is attending Girl Scout camp, very reluctantly. It's just a day camp, and we're on day two, and she has had so much anxiety about this camp, and I'm really having to manage my own anxiety around it because it really goes out to her. And because we're dealing with this right now, in this moment, it felt appropriate to share a bit about our journey and about helping kids do hard things 
and how to figure out whether you should give them a nudge to keep going or pull back. It's a nuanced thing, and I'm going to do my best to capture that and illustrate some of the things I look for when I'm making these decisions. And I'm going to touch a little bit on school refusal because I think it's a related conversation and a conversation that very much needs to be had and to be on the it needs to be on the radar of more parents in this post 2020 era. Okay? First, a little background information. My daughter attended this same summer camp last year and she loved it. At least until the very last day. She was excited to go in the morning. She was singing all the songs all the time and all signs were good. But then on the last day, her buddies left her behind and she got scolded for being at the unit by herself. And one of the older girls gave her a gift that was special to her and someone else talked her into giving it to them. And she really regretted making that decision and giving that gift away. Both of these things really upset her and clouded her memory of the whole camp experience. It was like she only remembered the bad stuff and didn't remember any of the good things that happened leading up to that last day. Well, we've had lots of conversations about it over the past year, and she was definitely on the fence about wanting to go back. I ended up signing her up again because... Even though she was wavering, I knew her first year had been 90% good, even if she only remembered those bad things. But as camp approached, she became more and more anxious about it, and ultimately we agreed to give it at least one day. This was our compromise. And this year, she has a friend going with her, so she has that going for her, going into the first day. Now, if she hadn't been open to talking about it, if she'd hid and refused to come out, if she'd been covering her ears and just ignoring me when I, whenever I brought it up, if there was any need to physically pick her up and put her in the car on the first day, she wouldn't have even gone that first day. I would not have made her do that. No camp or activity is worth that kind of struggle or worth ignoring your child's clues. And those are very clear clues. I mean, cues, ignoring your child's cues, those are very clear cues that they are not up for this. The signs I had to keep going were that she was open to talking. She was open to exploring strategies to make it easier for her. She talked, I listened, and she listened when I explained my reasoning. And we made it through. We made it to the first morning. We got in the car. I went with her in the car, um, and she got to camp. This, just to be clear, was not a low-energy, low-emotion endeavor. It was work for both of us. But first day went by, she made it. Okay, and then I pick her up, and she gets in the car, and it was really clear that something was wrong. She didn't want to talk about it in front of her friend, but eventually she did. And I'm not going to give very many details about the why, but the problems that she had yesterday were definitely solvable. Okay, so again, through a lot of listening, a lot of space for emotions, 
a lot of extra sleep last night, we were able to come up with a plan to address the problems today. Y'all, she was so conflicted. She could not decide what to do, whether she should stay home or go to camp. And through it all, she kept talking about this. this actually, this is one of the those additional clues that helped me know that she did kind of want to go. She just kept talking about this girl who was in her unit again this year that she met last year at camp. And she kept saying she didn't want to go, but then a few minutes later she would say, I hope this girl is in my unit next year. And that's the nuance. She was giving me signs that she, although she was feeling really anxious and had problems she needed help with, there was a part of her that did want to be there. So I talked to her about the car metaphor. I have a whole podcast episode about that and how it's okay to feel afraid, but she can choose to buckle fear or anxiety into the passenger seat and use her thinking brain to drive. Ultimately, she left for camp with her dad and she was giggling with her friend on the way there. So the car ride sounded more positive than yesterday. She had a plan for the things she's worried about. And even if it doesn't go that well, I can see so much growth in just getting there. I'm optimistic that her experience today is going to be better. But you know what? Even if it doesn't turn around, even if she still doesn't want to go tomorrow, I'm really proud of how she's showed up so far. And if she comes home insisting that it's awful and she doesn't want to go back, at this point, I am not going to make her. She has done so much work to get herself there for these first two days. If it hasn't grown on her, I'm going to trust her judgment. Now, here's the thing. School refusal can be just as nuanced and yet feel more high stakes than this whole camp thing, right? We live in a society that puts a lot of weight on school. And if you have a child that is struggling, you're likely feeling a lot of pressure to get them through that door in the morning. I want to point out that this isn't what's best for every child. Some kids are open to talking about it and making a plan. Some kids, though, will hide or shut down or physically fight you if you try to make them go to school. If you have one of these kids, you know it. And it's pretty likely that you feel like you're the only one dealing with this sort of a problem. You are not. My best advice to you is to go slow, create lots of space to listen, and check out Eliza Fricker's work at Missing the Mark. She actually has a new book out called Can't, Not, Won't, and she doesn't know that I'm talking about this here. She doesn't know who I am, I don't think, and I actually haven't personally read her book, but being familiar with her work, she is such a voice of validation for anyone struggling with school refusal and supporting their child in a way that actually helps their child 
even if it doesn't look like what everybody else is saying is best for the child. So it's worth checking out. It's actually very high on my list of books to read, and I'm really looking forward to it myself. All right. I hope that this conversation, this podcast episode is helpful for you, whether your child is having anxiety about camp or has anxiety about school or any other activity. I hope you have a really nice summer, rest of your summer or winter, as may be the case. And I will talk to you again in September. Bye. Do you feel like you're parenting 24-7 and you're still not sure your child is getting what they need? Are you ready to stop parenting reactively and start living in partnership with your sensitive child? Are you ready to reclaim time for yourself and time for your dreams? Then you're going to want to explore coaching with me. I help my clients tune out all the noise, better understand their kids, build a parenting strategy that meets their family's specific needs, and do the mindset work necessary to implement that strategy consistently without sacrificing themselves in the process. To get started, just head over to partnerpath.com, click on coaching, and get your free consultation set up. Let's get to know each other.